Hello, welcome to the Vergecast. It's Neil. I'm by myself right now. Well, actually, I'm in the corner of the trailer with Andrew. Uh, we're at CS this week, and we did a ton of reporting. We shot a ton of videos, and we did four live Circuit Breaker shows. So we didn't have a lot of time to sit down and do a full-length Vergecast. So here's what we just said. We collected a bunch of audio recorded throughout the week with the whole Verge crew. Andrew ran around taping everybody. Uh, we put together a bunch of clips from the Circuit Breaker show so that we could give you an idea of what it's like to be here at CES 2018 and all the things we saw this week. So enjoy this. It's going to be a little wild and crazy. It's going to fit right in with the Vergecast. And we'll see you again next week. It is day zero or maybe day negative one of the Consumer Electronics Show, which is the biggest electronics show of the year. It's at the Las Vegas Convention Center where there's just miles, literally miles, to walk around and look at booths and look at gadgets. But that's a lot of work. And so what they do is they have this early event that they call CES Unveiled. This is the kickoff to a week of incredible excitement, incredible innovation. And so a bunch of nerds line up with their gear and we sit on the floor, and then we all run into this room where there's free food, which lazy people will eat, and then there's gadgets on little crappy tables with bad lighting and even worse-looking carpet. And we get an early chance to play with what we hope are going to be the most exciting gadgets of CES. Hey, it's Chaim with The Verge. I'm with the Bellis 3D Face Scanner. It's a $500 attachment that you clip to the top of your Android phone or tablet, and it takes these super fast, super realistic, super high-def 3D scans of your face. This gadget is essentially a belt that goes around your waist, and there are motion sensors in there. It senses that you're moving, and then once you fall, it inflates immediately into these airbags. This is the Relink electric scooter. It's small, it's relatively light, only about 20 to 30 pounds, and you can fold it up and store it in really tight spaces. Hey, this is Nick Chow with The Verge, and I'm using the uh, Xenema Smart Shirt Motion Controller. It's a smart shirt with sensors that lets you control a character in a video game by moving your real body. The stuff that's at CES Unveiled, it is mostly stuff that will also be out on the convention center floor. But uh, convention center floor booths are super duper expensive. And so not everybody pays for one of those. And so sometimes the stuff that's at CES Unveiled, it's literally just like a card table with a curtain on it and uh, some gadgets sitting on it because they could, they could afford that, but they couldn't afford the main booth. And that works for them because what their goal is is to have journalists like us come and look at their stuff and decide whether or not we care to write about it. This is Gemini. It's a revised view of what was the traditional PDA of the 90s. 1990s. So this is a full Android device and enables people to use a full physical QWERTY keyboard. Everybody else at CES is, they're here for us, but what they're really here for are to make deals, to like get Best Buy to notice them, get somebody else to notice them. But if you're just, you've got a Kickstarter and you're not worried about Best Buy, it might be more worth your money to show off your gadget and in a little side event like CES Unveiled than it would to be on the main show floor. Hello, it's day 4000 of CES. Technically, I think it's called day zero. It's Monday, so the show floor is not open yet. The show floor opens tomorrow. My job here at CES this year is robots, and it kind of sucks because robots <laughs> suck. There's, there's a few kinds of robots, right? There's suitcases that follow you. 90 fun puppy want luggage. Like a real puppy, it sort of just followed me around and then ran away or sometimes just fell over. There's faces that are just emotive versions of Alexa. I'm here with Buddy, uh, a singing, dancing, family assistant robot. But I'm hoping to find some real robots. LG has a real robot. Uh, 
uh, for hotel stuff. Uh, there's this company called Savioke that does a hotel robot. Segway is doing this robot that they've showed for a couple years, but now it's about ready to ship where you can ride it and then get off it and then like put your groceries on it. I just was checking out this robot uh, called Misty. This is Misty One Beta. It's by Misty Robotics, a, a company that spun out of Sphero that I was really excited about. I was like, finally, they're gonna make their dream robot, but it, it doesn't really do anything. So you can turn it, you can move it, you can set the speed. And like they haven't finished it. Like that's the thing with robots. Robots are really, really, really hard to make. And you can't just try to make a robot and get, you get a pat on the back for it. You've got to make something that's actually useful. So that's the big question I'm asking. I'm trying to figure out this, this week is, can anybody make a useful robot? We're here. Hello. We did it. <laughs> it's happening. Hey everybody, welcome to Circle Breaker Live at CES. I'm Neil Apatow, I'm the Energy of the Verge, Dieter Bone, the Executive Editor of the Hello, Verge. Hello everybody. We have brought a special guest on the Circuit Breaker with us. We brought back a little something we at the Verge called the Hype, the Hype Area. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam Sheffer is here. Hey everyone. Verge alumni. It's been, uh, it's been a minute. So when you register for CES, you can register a number of different things. There's media, there's like industry analyst. One of the categories was key online influencer. Is that, is that the one you picked? Yeah. That's our boy, key online influencer. That's what I, I evolved in after I left. You ever seen a Vergecast with Sam? It's gonna be a lot like that. But we yes. should talk about There's some news. There's been a ton of news. Uh, I think the biggest news happened while we were here, and so it's not strictly CES, but it was a big, big deal. GoPro in a it was like in a financial statement. They're like, hey, things aren't going so well. By the way, we're shutting down all of our drone division. So I asked Sean O'Kane, who's been covering yeah. GoPro and these drones, give me something smart to say about this. And he just looked at us and said. This was inevitable the, the second they recalled the Karma drone on election night. Yeah. So it's been, you know. Is that what it was? It was election night. Yeah. <laughs> wow, if that's a sign, <laughs> and I will say so, no more. Yeah. If you remember, GoPro put out the Karma drone. It was their big new initiative. The drones fell out of the sky because good. the batteries were disconnecting inside the drone as they flew. Mm -hmm. GoPro recalled the drones, yep. fixed them. They shipped them again. Yep. They were sort of okay. Yep. DJI is way out ahead. Right. Uh, and so they're shuttering that business. They're shuttering that business. Not only are they shuttering that drone business, uh, there are reports that uh, the GoPro, the company, has hired J.P. Morgan Chase to help uh, see if anybody wants to buy them. And so I think this is the this is the question this, of the day here. Yeah. We got a tweet from Brendan. Who about to snatch GoPro? <laughs> uh, there's like obvious answers, right? You got your DJIs, yeah. you got your Samsungs. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to end up being just one of these Chinese companies that buys brands. It's going to be TCL. They TCL bought, they or bought Hisense Blackberry, or Hire. They bought Palm. <laughs> now the Palm phones will fly. <laughs> that's that's the future of Palm. But, so you, you're more of a GoPro user than probably anybody I know. What's your... I, I have the Hero 4 Silver. Yeah. I feel like someone told me, someone really smart told me this. I don't remember who it was, but it was smart. They said, if you... Maybe it was Sean O'Kane. They said, if you have, if you want a GoPro, you probably already have one, yeah. right? Like with this, this notion about like, there's a new GoPro every year, but most people already have a GoPro if they want a GoPro. Yeah. Uh, I think that um, the Karma was a huge failure, but I just, now that they're up for sale, how do you go from our drone program is a failure to we're selling the whole company? Yeah. Right, like, what is that? Why? Why are, is GoPro is GoPro a failing company because they're not making the billions of dollars they made in 2013, 2014? Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I think yeah. that that's like outside of CS news, but it's by far the biggest news of the day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
company that was kind of on the cutting edge. They thought they were going to be a software company for a minute. We're just going to see what happens to GoPro. But there's also news at CES. So my conception of CES uh, is that it is a show about new TVs. Yeah, because that is the thing you see everywhere. You can't ignore them. They're literally everywhere. There's already been a bunch of TV news here at the show. Samsung had its event. LG had its event. Other companies are having their events. Samsung's news is kind of nuts. They've unveiled what I kind of don't believe is a modular TV called The Wall. It can be up to 146 inches. You know, they've got image quality claims uh, that they get blacker than LG's OLED. Yeah, so the way they they use LCD LED instead of OLED, but it still can turn them off. And then you can have all these little squares and you can build the TV size that you want. But they're saying it's a concept right now, but they are promising more information in the spring. So I have, like, two questions. One... Who is going to want to buy, like, a little stack of bricks and then, like, assemble a TV? Yeah, it's probably a TV. <laughs> so two people. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, and then how are they going to manage, like, aspect ratios and image sizes and control? Like, Will they actually be able to get these things to talk to each other? Um, if the thing is off, you can see the lines between the little modules, but yeah. if it's on, supposedly you can't. Our reporter Chris Welch was at yeah. the demo last night. There are many, many things that could go wrong with right. this. So, and then obviously they have their regular TVs. Yeah. I will say Samsung's TVs last year, their expensive new TVs, were mm-hmm. pretty disappointing. Mm-hmm. The TVs this year don't really fix it. They're still edge-lit LCDs. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. And yeah. then LG, obviously Samsung's big competitor, has... Uh, uh, their own concept, which is a rollable... <laughs> it rolls up... Yeah, so it's like a big soundbar-looking thing, and then a TV rolls out of it. Yeah. It's a 65-inch OLED, and yeah. it rolls away. That's amazing. A, that's everyone's dream. Yeah. Every year, LG's like, a little... Another Closer. thing rolls. Yeah. But to me, the more interesting thing with LG is they, they sort of... They had had their big, splashy OLED stuff last year. They had the wallpaper TV, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So this year, their main TVs that they actually are selling to consumers seem a little bit more boring. But to me, it's like the second year of a brand new car. Yeah. You let them work out the kinks in the first generation. You get the second year. You get, like, slightly higher quality stuff, slightly more reliable so, stuff. But here... So the specs on the new TVs you can buy, the 2018 OLEDs... Yeah. They still run WebOS, which yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> Uh, and they have now have Google Assistant and Alexa on top of WebOS, right. which is fascinating because why not just make them run Android like everybody else? Uh, LG is all in on WebOS. Yeah. Here's what I would say. I own a 2016 LG OLED. Yep. And it runs WebOS. Mm-hmm. It's a great TV. looks great. I would not trust LG to update that software ever. Ever. Once they ship it, it's shipped, and that's the end of it. I think that's the biggest problem with having a smart TV. Yeah, and, and it's the problem that no one at CES has ever solved. Remember Samsung used to sell little modules yeah. that you were supposed to swap out? They got sued because they didn't do that. <laughs> they didn't do that. <laughs> so there are big new TVs. Uh, TCL updated its TV today. All, all kinds of stuff. Yep. There's also a bunch of car stuff. So CES has become a car show. All of North Hall, every major car maker is here. Mercedes is running cars around town that say the ultimate mobile device on them. Yeah, and they've got the like camouflage on them so you can't tell they are. (laughs) The cars. Is is a car a gadget? (laughs) Yes. Uh, No. Uh, You just said yes, Dieter, right? Yeah, Yeah. I did. And you sighed. Absolutely do not. It's, it's, I think gadgets are things that like you are able to upgrade over time, right? Like, it's a gadget in the sense it's like this like utility thing, but Mm -hmm. it's not, it doesn't, you, you just have one forever. Right? What's undeniable to me is look at the the concept that got announced today by a Chinese company, uh, the Byton, yeah. the concept electric vehicle. It's just got a, a giant screen. Uh, there's no way this thing actually ships. But like as a gadget, it's like you get in and they're, they're promising like content and it'll yeah. like track your heartbeat while you're sitting there just in case and like all this stuff. And the 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 Byton thing is so 
I mean, that company's not working. <laughs> they had a big event last night. Like, the CEO brought his kids out. His daughter was like, I love this car. It's really cool. Great. Uh, but the seats rotate. Okay. And then it's like they've got media partnerships and it's like huge screens. They're claiming they're going to be able to get Alexa to do better things in the car than regular Alexa. I... I it sounds look, to me like a car is a gadget. Yeah. I look at those <laughs> and think, what happens when this is old? What happens yeah. when what needs the, the storage slows down? What happens when a touchscreen gets wonky? Like, you don't want all the problems with, that gadgets have in yeah. your car. And the only company that's like managed to deal with it well is Tesla. Tesla. And even Tesla has like these like notorious reliability problems. Yeah, so like, I, the idea of the car as a gadget, everyone wants. Everyone wants a little bit of that shine. Well, everyone wants it in there. So NVIDIA announced a partnership with like, Uber and VW, and they're in there, and in, they're fighting now with Intel. And so this this like autonomous car battle is moving into the next phase of all of these different companies, Waymo and yeah. Lyft and whoever. They're all like forming these little like partnerships. And to, yeah, like, you can have see fights. where the battle lines are. Yeah. I think that's actually the, the, the gadget to me is something that you own, but the future of these cars is you push the button and a robot shows up and you mm -hmm. sit in it and like screw with your own phone instead of dealing with like Uber's deal with Fandango to show you movie trailers. Yeah. Like that's just hell. Like that's just my conception of hell. Can we talk about a, just a couple of like super gadgety gadgets? Yeah. My favorite probably so far is the Planet Computer's Gemini. Oh yeah. Jumping ahead to that. It's a tiny little Android device, you know, it's, it's like flip up screen. It's got a flip up screen. It's got, you know, a MediaTek processor or whatever. Uh, but it has like a keyboard keyboard like the old Scions. Like you're supposed to like Type on it. It's not a thumbboard. It's like they're like actual keys. Uh, this just makes my heart happy. Yeah. Even though I know it will be like oh, a garbage device. <laughs> I'm definitely like okay. if I instead of a laptop, I'm like yeah. put it away. That yeah. sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of other insane gadgets here. There's a product called LiFi, uh, oh, which beams internet to your laptop using infrared light. Yeah. The goal is so that all the lights in your house or wherever will have Wi-Fi devices in them. Yeah. Um, and you can just like set your laptop down mm -hmm. and get it. You can. It's more secure than Wi-Fi or something. Yeah, because it can't. It's just where the, it only hits where the light hits, so it's line of sight. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is that the demo, the first product, this is true, it costs eight hundred and forty dollars. Mm. It is a lamp to make the Wi-Fi Wi-Fi lamp go work. You yeah. need to plug a dongle into your computer, <laughs> and the lamp gets internet connectivity through Ethernet. And it has to be line of sight. So you like pretend this is the lamp and this is the laptop. You plug Ethernet into the lamp and then you shine the lamp at the laptop and you plug a dongle into the laptop and that's how you get there. Just instead of just doing one of these, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. And what what does that cost? Uh, Eight hundred forty dollars. Yeah. Yeah. For one user. Yeah. It does not support two dongles at once. Is it fast internet? It's it maxes out at twenty three megs now. Okay. Yeah, yeah moving on. That's it. That's Also, on the same tip, hilariously, for years now, over a decade now, yeah. our most popular stories at CES have been about routers. Routers that look like evil monster spiders. <laughs> so mesh routers are a big thing. Linksys yeah. has a new VLOP. Uh, but they've also made a new router, Linksys, that specifically designed to make your Xbox One go faster. Uh, all it is is router prioritization. It's, it's like the killer prioritization tech, but it just is like, oh, that's an Xbox. I'm going to make sure it has a faster connection. Yeah. Net neutrality is dead, everyone. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Inside your home and in the world. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, I think, Dieter, this is the story of the show. You already yeah. wrote about this a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, we haven't seen a 
ton of announcements yet about this, but Google has a massive, giant booth out in the parking lot outside the convention center. It says, hey, Google, uh, we are expecting to see a lot of like Google Assistant devices. We've seen some. We've seen a few speakers, a bunch of companies announcing support. And so I think the story of the show is going to be Google versus Alexa, who can get more people on board. Uh, Google really doesn't want Alexa to run away with us, and like yeah. we're going to be talking about that all week. So we got a question from Josh. Yeah. Any must-have smart products that integrate with Google Assistant that you've seen yet? I mean, get the speaker so you've got it. The, yeah. the, the, that's the main thing. Um, to me, honestly, I didn't. I thought smart light bulbs were kind of dumb. I was mm -hmm. like, whatever. I got a light switch, but I finally got some, and yeah. the you know it, it supports a whole bunch of them. So just get whatever you want to get. I'm, I'm using Hue. Uh, they're great. Yeah. Like, just get a handful. And, like, the switch thing is a little bit awkward, but to be able, like, I was out of town over Christmas, and I just, like, programmed in the lights to turn on and off, and I was gone, didn't have to worry about it, and then, you know, yeah. lights turned on and off in my apartment, so it looked like I was home. It was yeah. great. I think that, that there are these, like, little beachheads of smart home. Yeah. Where, like, you get it, and you set up, okay, now I'm doing my music this way. Yep. The next one, usually for most yeah. people, is lights. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The next one after that, like, maybe you'll get the Harmony yeah. thing into your TV. Right. For, um, for Google Assistant specifically, though, the number one thing is get a Chromecast, because then you can ask it to play stuff on your TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say there's a bunch of new products here that have assistance built into them. Mm -hmm. So uh, first, oh, this is ridiculous. First alert has a smoke detector sure. uh, that has <laughs> microphones and a light in it. it. You can get an Alexa version or a Google version. Also AirPlay 2 for some I don't, reason. You don't, please do not AirPlay to your smoke detector. <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> like, let it detect smoke. You can listen to uh, fucking bop somewhere else, I, I assure you. <laughs> um, but... The idea of where the microphone should go is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. iDevices has a new smart light switch yeah. that is not just like controlled by Alexa. It is an Alexa device. Mm -hmm. So it has the blue light ring. And say Alexa, the light switch lights up. So I think a big question right now, you've got obviously the Amazon and Google first-party mm -hmm. hardware. Mm -hmm. Everyone's aware of it. But they're, they're going far and wide. They're letting people put this stuff everywhere. I think the question of where the microphones are going to go, it started being asked last year. Yeah. And now we're seeing all kinds of products with microphones in them to access these devices. I think Google and Amazon are still going to keep selling Google Home Minis and Alexa or Echo devices. Yeah. Google said they already sold like six million Google I Home the Minis. Number, four, some, six, yeah, some huge number. Yeah. Um, I think people want when the, I don't think people want microphones built into their walls. I think they want to unplug that shit sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. we'll see. And then. There's smart fridges, thing, thin Q. It's not th LG's thin Q. Yeah. It's got stuff. It's running webOS. Great. Yeah. Uh, Samsung has a Bixby fridge. What is Bixby? It's so, like they, they wanted it to not be the same thing as Siri and Alexa and Google Assistant, but it's turning into that. And it has a smart thing sub in it. So your Samsung has more of the ecosystem built out. Yeah. yeah. Um, Belkin is here. Yeah. Apple. It's funny. The biggest Apple HomeKit news is from Belkin. Right. Uh, they actually have a proper hub. Yeah, so you yeah. can use your Wemo stuff with HomeKit now. Yeah. Uh, and then, Dieter, this is your favorite. Oh my god. There's this thing called the Nano Leaf. It looks like a 12-sided die, like if you played Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, and you just, you, you rotate it and set it down in the scene that you want. But I just love the idea that, like, you get home and you're like, what do I want my house to be like right now? What color should the lights be? <laughs> Roll the dice! <laughs> I mean, is it 20s? It's ridiculous. 12-sided yeah. dice. Oh, here, we got a question here from Max. Yeah. What do you make of Alexa on Windows 10 PCs? We're starting to see this happen. Yeah, I'm... I think it's really early. I think it's the initial version is just an app, and it's not fully integrated into the computer. But we know that Cortana and Alexa are starting to talk to Microsoft each other. Microsoft and Amazon have a partnership. They have a partnership. And so 
fine, it's on laptops. I'm like, oh my god, this is huge news. Everyone's like, nah, not really. I think down the line, as they talk to each other more, and you can like just ask for what you want, and the computer figures out whether it's Alexa or Cortana that does it, that will be very, very interesting. Yeah, and I think the idea of Alexa going everywhere, yeah. Amazon's pushing that very hard. Mm -hmm. I think getting it onto the PC, they're going to have to figure out how to get it on the phones. Yeah. I, you see a lot of people, there's a ton of like Alexa for the car products, mm -hmm. and the problem is Alexa still can't do anything that you want to do in a car. It can't pull up a map, it can't do GPS, it can't make a phone call, uh, it can't send a text message. So I think these other assistants that are connected to those things, those kind of partnerships become really interesting. Yeah. But right now, it's just an app on a handful of PC vendors have announced support for it. What is the incentive there for Microsoft to allow infiltration of a competitor? Right? Microsoft doesn't allow anything. Well, well, no, but the, if, Mike, if Alexa is on Windows 10 PCs, they have Cortana built in, right? Well, so first of all, they have the partnership, mm -hmm. right? So what I'm saying, what what is the benefit of that partnership? Why oh, is Alexa that? so much further ahead than Cortana right now okay. that it doesn't make sense? To them so Microsoft is saying your product is better, and we'll put it on our hardware. Well, plus it's also like there's a there's a possible future where like Alexa becomes a more important platform than Windows, and Microsoft certainly doesn't want that. So if they're partnered up, then Windows continues to be an important platform with Alexa dependent on it. Also, I think both companies are in Seattle. Yeah, they're just hanging out. They're hanging out, having beers with each other. Yeah, but like, I mean, you know, this is like, there's this like dominant force in mobile with Apple. Yeah, and like you can make this partnership and like come at it with a bunch of like. So they're kind of teaming up. I think so. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay. Hey, it's Ashley Carmen, co-host of Why'd You Push That Button, here live from Pepcom at CES. It is 8 p.m. It's happening. We're tired. We're hungry. We got gadgets. Uh, my beat this year at CES has been beauty gadgets, which I very much enjoy and I want to test more of. So last year I saw a lot of smart mirrors and skin analyzers um, built into those smart mirrors. This year I'm actually seeing, I'm seeing alternative gadgets that also do analyses of you and give you suggestions on products to use, but this time they're not necessarily limited to mirrors. But the overall take is that all these beauty companies are just trying to use gadgets to sell their products, which is like fine. Like the beauty industry naturally wants to sell you more stuff and that's, that's what it does. But it's bringing gadgets into the mix. And I think that's kind of interesting. I think it speaks to a changing demographic. Like maybe they're trying to get to younger people who are more interested or anything that can promise to make you look better through technology or like inherently probably a little more interested. My name is Sam Byford, I'm an editor based in Tokyo, and a thing I've seen a lot of this week at CES 2018 is a thing that I was kind of looking for, a lot of monitors, and I feel like I'm more into monitors than most people, I sort of have a thing for them, but I've seen two in particular that are kind of like my dream product in two different categories. One, LG made this 5K ultra-wide monitor with uh, Thunderbolt 3, which is the kind of thing that I just really want on my desk at home, it would up my productivity game a lot, well, I don't know, it probably wouldn't, I would just look at the same things, put more of them at once, but I really want it. It would charge my MacBook at the same time as putting the image on the screen. It would dominate my desk and it would be amazing. Uh, earlier this morning, I saw something in the total opposite direction. It's more of a hardware platform than a specific monitor, but NVIDIA announced this thing called the Big Format Gaming Display, or uh, BFGD. It's a sort of platform for uh, manufacturers to make their own 65-inch 4K HDR gaming displays. And they're, they're not really TVs, but they're kind of like TVs and gaming monitors all in one. 
and they work with G-Sync, which is like my favorite thing in the world. It, it's the thing that syncs your GPU output to the frame rate of the monitor, so you have this super smooth, realistic uh, output, and games feel like natural, and it's difficult to explain without seeing it, but it, it's amazing. I have a, I have a G-Sync monitor at home. It's my favorite thing on my desk, and this is a way to bring that to your living room. And it will probably cost several thousand dollars, and I will never ever own one, but I will lust for it as long as it exists. This episode of The Vergecast is brought to you by Audible. Audiobooks are great for helping you be a better you, whether you want to be healthier, get motivated, or learn something new. Audible helps you listen to more books by letting you switch seamlessly between devices, picking up exactly where you left off. Whether it's on your phone, through your car, from a tablet, or at home on an Amazon Echo, you can get through tons of books, hands and eyes free, while doing almost anything. Audible members get a credit every month good for any audiobook in their store, regardless of price, and unused credits roll over to next month. You don't like your book? You can exchange it, no questions asked. Plus, your books are yours to keep. With Audible, you can go back and re-listen anytime, even if you cancel your membership. So start a 30-day trial and get your first audiobook free if you go to audible.com slash verge. Or text verge to 500-500. That's 500-500. You can do it with audiobooks. So that's audible.com slash verge or text verge to 500-500 for your 30-day trial and your first audiobook free at Audible. Right. Yesterday was the biggest news day of CES, uh, and we kind of know what's going on. So, Dieter, what's what's happening? Yeah, this well, we promised that there would be a bunch of Google Assistant news, and good lord, did we deliver! Yeah, <laughs> there's just a ton of it. So, we already mentioned the the new smart display platform. So, Google Assistant will work on smart speakers with screens. Um, there's a whole bunch of nitty gritty details which you're going to get into, but there's one from Lenovo. Actually, there's two from Lenovo. Uh, JBL promised they're going to bring one. Sony promised they were going to bring one. LG. Somebody else, LG. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got a carbon interface, and of course, it supports YouTube. Sorry, Amazon. <laughs> well, I think this is like the next big front. Yeah. So for we'll, sure. we'll talk. We're going to bring on the Lenovo one. We're going to talk yeah. about this whole thing. Um, speaking of Google, so yeah. it's Las Vegas, and it has been raining, and it's. I know it's boring to talk about the weather, but good lord, this city does not understand how to deal with. Rain. It's a disaster. The streets yeah. are flooded. So Google had created this gigantic monster booth out in the parking lot of CES, and they had to shut it down for the day because it was too dangerous. Because they had big light-up screens, and they had a slide that was outdoors, and they were going to have electronics outside, and there's a car, and yeah. who knows what else. And because it, it was pouring down rain, they shut it down for the day to make sure everything was like hardened against the moisture. Just yeah. like a Pixel 1. I feel like Las Vegas should shut down when it's raining. <laughs> Come on, that's a good Pixel 1 joke. It was a great Pixel 1. Okay. I just, I, <laughs> such a soft spot. It was like a great five weeks of my life when I had yeah. um, Google Assistant also coming to Android Auto, which is really just like a rebrand. Yeah. So. You could talk to Android Auto now, but now you get the poodle, the little dots, which I don't, it's not a poodle. It's totally a poodle. No, no, it's Looks like a poodle. poodle. It's not a poodle. Um, but like you can do a little bit more Google Assistant stuff on it. Yeah. Um, but it's basically the same. Yeah. Um, but the the partnerships that they're getting on top of that standard Android Auto thing is crazy. There's a bunch of car companies that are announcing that they're integrated. There's new um, decks that you can get. Yeah, new head units. New head units. My favorite one is the Sony one. Um, it's got almost like a seven-inch capacitive display this year, so yeah. it's proper Ooh. capacitive. Um, and what's really cool about it, uh, you know, it, it supports CarPlay, and I think it supports uh, Android Auto. It, of yeah. course, it supports Android Auto. Um, it also, it's a double DIN, so it's double tall, 
but the thing that actually goes into your car is just a single height DIN, mm -hmm. so you don't have to fuss around with much getting all the adapters and cables oh, really? and stuff. The cables just sort of like fit in the top. You know, it's ready for rear cameras and all of that stuff. This is great because no modern car can accept a new stereo. So Sony's last head unit was 400 bucks. I'm sure this one will probably end up being about the same mm -hmm. price, and it makes me furious. Really? Because you used to be able to put a new stereo in your car, and now you can't anymore because they're all whatever. Yeah. But Back when you could, getting a car stereo this good with a touchscreen and all the features and maps and whatever was like 1200 bucks. I bought that and Pioneer. And that insane. Yeah. Uh, and now there are incredibly good, elegant, decent head units that are easy to easier to install than ever before, and you just can't put them in your car because unless, unless you've got like a Civic from 1996, yeah. you're out of luck. My car, I have a Chrysler car, uh, and the controls for the heated seats Oh yeah, built in the touchscreen, yeah. so I can just never get anything right. else. So but, I don't know. They, they, uh, Google partnered with Kia. Google Assistant's coming to that. Uh, Panasonic has got a bunch of Google Assistant stuff. Hisense is putting it in their TVs. Uh, Philips. So this is like last year. Everything was Alexa, and this year this everything's Google. Google Assistant. My favorite one, I think, is probably Philips has a kitchen TV. Mm -hmm. It's a 24-inch Android TV. What? <laughs> yeah, uh, and it, it's a it's a you know a display that sits on top of a speaker, so it looks like a TV just sitting on a concrete block. I like it. Yeah, it's cute. It's a it's a neat little gadget thing. I feel like that what screen goes in the kitchen is like a big theme of the CES. Oh, for sure. Is it yeah, this yeah. little thing? Is it that TV? Is it just yep. you know mount a thirty seven inch TV above your yep. your stove? Yep. That's all out there. Uh, Kilch. How, how do you pronounce Klitsch. this? Klitsch. Whatever. Uh, they've got some. These notes are incredible. Mid century <laughs> modern speakers. No, they, they've got copper knobs and buttons, yeah. and they've got like wood paneling, and they yeah. look great. They're just like big, you know, grandpa speakers. I have a pair of big grandpa Klipsch speakers. Yeah. They're great. Yeah, I don't need all Anyway. It's great. I Everything like has Google Assistant. JBL, yeah. Sony. Sony's updating all their old headphones. Just a ton of Google Assistant stuff. Yeah. Um, then this is my favorite one. Okay. There's a pet feeder. It's, <laughs> it's like one of those robots. <laughs> Why not? It's like the oldest gadget in the world. A timer just opens to feed your pet. Yeah. And now your pet can be like, okay, Google. <laughs> dog, this is what will teach dogs to talk. Yes. That, they, they will be able to say, okay, they're Google. They're incentivized. <laughs> they finally have oh a reason. God. It's going to be um, great. So it's everywhere, yeah. basically. Other thing that's everywhere, um, if you are a company at CES and you are not releasing truly wireless earbuds, get out. Yeah. Everybody has proper wireless earbuds. Okay, so Sam, you're an earbuds stand. AirPods. 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 You love AirBuds. The AirBud dog, two. it's a close. It's a, it's a, I got dogs in the brain. But no, you're like, you're like AirPods are just the winner, right? Uh, for if you're an iPhone user without a headphone jack, yeah. Yeah. It offers a level of convenience that I think is pretty much unmatched. You open them, connect them, you don't have to go into settings ever. Yeah. So everyone's building products like this. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to note there are a lot of iPhone owners out there. You yes. can use AirPods with an Android phone. You, yep. you do it. I do it. Um, yeah. It's not as good of an experience. But Android has more market share. Android phones, yes. unfortunately, also losing their headphone jack. Yep. There's a big market for a one true wireless earbuds company to come in and capture that Android yeah. market share in a way yeah. that Apple's not going to do. And so what those companies are doing is they're solving the problems that they can. So for example, Qualcomm has a brand new chip for uh, wireless earbuds. It's got you know longer battery life, less uh, power consumption. It supports noise canceling natively. Um, and it, uh, it also, it's going to have, quote, more ba battery life than, quote, the most popular true wireless headset. Oh I wonder what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> I wonder what company they're what? in a lawsuit with. <laughs> they, hey. Oh, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's they're solving. Apple. Yeah, it's, it's Apple. Those are the headsets based on that are coming out later this year. So they're solving like they're starting to solve the battery life problem and the, like some of the features problem. A bunch of yeah. the stuff you know support Google Assistant and noise canceling and all that stuff. But they haven't been able to solve the 
actual problem, which, which is, is the connection. The connection is is Bluetooth five coming? Is it going to be good enough? Is it going to is AppDeck supported? Is it going to be as easy to pair as a pair of AirPods are? Yeah. So this thing that Qualcomm's announcing, it actually has. Uh, 120 megahertz processors. <laughs> Why not? No, but this is the thing. Uh, we're seeing it. It's under it's under the radar a little bit, but mm -hmm. it's it's a thing that's happening. All the wireless chips are starting to get processors in them right. to control that wireless connection better and make it more stable. Yep. This is a thing like you know, ARM says it to you. The Bluetooth people say it to you. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, Apple was able to do that very quickly with the W1. Right. With the W1. Yep. The W1 has a little processor. Yep. You know, Apple's integrated, but that idea very quickly right. gets commodified. So well, you're a bunch see of people yeah. catch up fast. A bunch of the new headphones, not not uh, truly wireless yet, but a bunch of the new headphones that support Google Assistant, they they don't they haven't named the chip, but they talk about the special circuitry yeah. that allows them to as soon as you start talking. Talking, it starts sending the yeah. message down to Google. And that's like an audio buffer yeah. kind of thing. So there's so, there's like there's the Ashley Chloe earbuds. There's there's a bunch of other earbuds, but maybe some tweets here before we get into too many of these little guys. Yeah. So here's a good question from JP. How much of Alexa news from last year's CES actually came to market? I know there's Google Assistant news everywhere in school, but I'm worried it's all hype right now. It's a lot of hype. Uh, I will. Uh, it's funny because I think Google's actually in a little better position. Like nothing came out from last year's Alexa news. When like, did Lenovo speaker, Alexa speaker, finally I thought come Lenovo out. speaker, like that was the big news. Lenovo yeah. made their own. It's, it was supposed to have better audio. It, like basically never came out. Yeah. I think Amazon beat them to market with their own second generation <laughs> products. Um, not good. I think that was yeah. a big wave of people learning how to make this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like how do we make a thing with microphones and lights and a cloud connection? Like a lot of these companies have never really done it before. Now they've figured it all out, and it's just a different SDK to put Google Assistant in it. Right. Obviously, some other details, but like that like, core like the work. money that, that Google pays them to make the, those speakers instead of Alexa speakers. Yeah, that, exactly. It's, like, it's a different business yeah, deal yeah. and like a little bit of different work. But the fundamental question of what, how do we get microphones on our product? That engineering is starting to get right. figured out. So and I think Google, you're going to see the Google stuff faster because right. they've already done the work to put the Alexa stuff. And theoretically, if it stays competitive, if, if Google can stay as competitive with Alexa and getting products out. It could end up being like an actual quality battle, not just on what questions the assistant can answer, but also my hunch is that for the time being and for the foreseeable future, Google is going to be better with crappier microphones than Alexa. Mm -hmm. I've used a bunch of third-party Alexa speakers, and if they have bad microphones, it is a horrible experience. Yeah. But Google only needs two, and they're better at, you know, you know, computer machine learning, hear you stuff. And so it may be that they'll do better with third party with crappy microphones than Alexa. We'll see. I yeah. still think it, ultimately all this stuff is really interesting. The car stuff in particular, yeah. right? Yeah. I actually know a lot of people with Echo Dots in their car, which is yeah. really funny. But a car? Yeah. If you have a car with Wi-Fi, or you just like, don't mind tethering your phone, people just plug an Echo Dot in the car. And what, are they, what kind of commands are they parking at their Echo Dot in the car? They're just like turning the lights. Yeah, you Price, turn the lights. Spotify. It's paired to Bluetooth. Yeah. So this is one of the reasons Assistant in Android Auto is interesting, is you can turn on your lights on your way home, whatever. Uh, but it also, all of your preferences and defaults from Google Assistant now work in Android Auto. So if you told Google Assistant, I'd listen to music on Spotify, and I play news with this, and I have this routine, every time I get in my car, I'm going to say, hey, Google, I'm in my car, and you're going to read me the news, and then you're going to turn off my lights, and then you're going to like play Spotify. Like That's potentially interesting. Yeah. I still think, though, that when you think of these smart home device assistants, it's the Echo line of products, and it's the Google Home line of products, mm -hmm. and like we've already went an entire year from last CES, and I don't, yeah. like, I can't think of anyone that's like, oh, there's this smart speaker and this one, and then like they name five others. It's Alexa, like the Echo Dot or Show or whatever, the tall Echo, and yeah. then the Google Home, the Puck, the regular one, or like, is there who's going to be the third or fourth? 
manufacturing. So here's to, a qu- right. Garner says, "Is Apple too late to just join this game? It's going to be Apple. Done. Yeah. Right. It's like obviously and Apple. They're the so home expensive on. though. Four hundred dollars. Right. Four hundred. Yeah, it's three forty nine. Three fifty. It's expensive. You could get a the the little donut puck from Google for fifty. Yeah, you get them both. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I got the HomePod, and I pick up this other thing. Yeah. Um, you think it's going to be Apple? Yeah. Like, Facebook, I think the rumor about the Facebook one came out today. Oh, yeah. It's like God. 500 bucks called Portal. I'm leaving. Sam's yeah. out. Sorry. That's it. We wow. broke Sam, everybody. <laughs> one, one last pair of wireless earbuds there. Uh, Sony has these open ear headphones. They look yeah. they look a little hearing aidy, but they've got this incredible way that they fit into your ear, so you, it's open, but you can still hear it like an earbud. That's pretty cool. And then they have microphones for letting in ambient noise if you want to. So you can have basically music playing constantly, but you can still hear the world around you pretty well, and they're truly wireless earbuds. They're, they're interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They're just gadgety and I think we should point out that Will I am made news here because oh, he, he bought a wireless earbud startup called Earin, which if is you're, if your company's getting saved by Will I Am. Goodbye, Earin. What are you doing? <laughs> it was nice to see you. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> just, oh, uh, and there's a bunch of VR stuff. Yeah, so we already talked about or we're gonna talk about later the uh, HTC Vive Pro. Uh, Oculus Go sort of, sort of came out that it's getting manufactured by Xiaomi. Makes sense. Um, and Hugo Barra is the one who said, hey, we're making this thing, and we're also making a version of it for China. But it's not here at CES, right? They're not demoing it here at CES, but it's my coming understanding. Out. Yep, and it runs uh, on a Snapdragon 821 processor. It's going to be 200 bucks coming out later. Yeah. Um, they basically just like com- collapse the Gear VR. Yeah. Like they put a phone in the thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's basically about right. Yeah. Um, it's funny because Hugo Barra was like, he was at Xiaomi. He was at Xiaomi. It's funny. Yeah. Um, there's some AR glasses. AR yeah. glasses are sort of everywhere. I think the they're, AR definition is real fuzzy here. Yeah. They're like anything that you can see. Yeah. It's like, what about the augmenting of the reality? Yeah. They're not, not too many of them are actually augmenting, but there are so many garbage, like put a screen in front of your eye displays here. It's out of control. There's one that's actually pretty good that Nick Stat tried out called the Vuzix Blade. And I was very skeptical because Vuzix has been coming to CES and like putting a screen in front of your eyeball for at least five years. Just mm-hmm. every year, it's like, all right, what do you got this year, Vuzix? And this year, they have these things that like look <coughs> techy, <laughs> but not like wildly insane Google Glass techy. And they put a big display over your right eye, and you can actually move it up and down in your field of view. You can control the touchpad if you want, but it has, guess what, Alexa. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got one question here. Actually, I think it's really interesting. Now that automakers are just putting Google Assistant in the cars, is Android Auto dead? So this is actually, mm. I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know if this is yes or no. But what is interesting is automakers have always hated CarPlay and Android Auto. Yeah. They don't like it because yeah. it, it gives Apple and Google control of that interface, mm-hmm. and they want you to be in their interface. This is the, that's a thing that they want. Yeah. So they've been doing it begrudgingly. That's why you see it's come out slowly. That's why, for example, Toyota just doesn't support it. Yeah. They're going to put you in their interface. And Toyota's like, well, we sell all of the Cameras in the world. Yeah. We don't have to deal with this. I think once you start integrating Google Assistant, now that asks the question, like, should Google Assistant be able to turn on your seat warmers? Yeah. Should it be able to adjust your climate control? It should. Yes. So, like, the, that, that battle line is yeah. starting to shift a In the same bit. way you want to say, use your voice to turn your lights, you want to use your voice to change the heat. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the last piece of news uh, we should probably talk about is uh, Intel had its major keynote yeah. last night. Uh, the, we saw the Volocopter, the crazy drone helicopter thing, take off on stage. Uh, they announced um, that they were actually keeping their promise to ship the, the uh, 
quantum computing chip to researchers. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they, no, the pneumorphic chip to researchers, they hit 49 qubits, which is like close to this thing called quantum supremacy, which is when quantum computers are actually practically more capable than current wow. standard processors, so they're getting close. Yeah. Um, the researchers is hacking on quantum yeah, computers. They made little, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they also made <laughs> tiny little drones that can fly around indoors without yeah. GPS, and they flew 100 of them. So the, you got to go backstage before this keynote. Yes. We should talk about this thing that happened because right. you were invited backstage. Mm -hmm. This and this is true. Dieter was supposed to interview the CEO of Intel. I was. So all this was arranged, yep. and then the meltdown inspector news happened. And, and they didn't like immediately say you're not it, but it was like a rolling like, and then it was like, no, you're not going to be able to interview the CEO. Especially because now he's like under some like scrutiny because he sold a bunch of stock right. before the meltdown news right. came out. So you like saw him. Yeah. So what happened was. Um, you know, we're there, but we're behind the scenes to get early photos and to like talk to the production staff and all the stuff and like see the crazy light show early. And it is a crazy light show. Um, and I get, a, I go on stage and he's there, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, well, now's my chance to go talk to him. But I was doing a stand up. He photo bombed me <laughs> while I was doing the the video, and I had no idea, right? And mm -hmm. so it just it just happened. Yeah. And so then people laugh. I'm like, oh. Oh, this this just happened to me. Okay, so I go over. And I'm going to try and talk to him, but he's surrounded by staff. He doesn't want to talk to me. But I'm like, well, okay, at least give me a selfie. We get the selfie, and I'm like, ah, and then he, you know, they they had to start the rehearsal, so they shuffled me away. So I didn't get a chance to do the like 2020 like jump on you, what answer yeah. the question thing, which I wanted to do but couldn't. Yeah. Um, I like but, that your impression of 2020 is jumping on people and asking them questions. Well, what's the guy with the mustache that, oh, back yeah. in the 80s that used to do all the time? Oh, anyway. Yeah, okay. Yes, Stossel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> The, but seeing the keynote early and like seeing how they put it together in the background was fascinating. And we've got a whole video about it. You're looking at, at some of it here. Um, what's interesting about Intel, and we, we were talking about this mm -hmm. all week, is Intel wants you to care about Intel. Yeah. But you don't buy stuff directly from Intel. You buy stuff from Apple, which has Intel. You buy stuff from Microsoft or whomever. Mm -hmm. And so Intel has to create a story that tells you like why you care about Intel and actually gets you to directly get something from Intel. So they started with all these sports experiences. Because if you're having a sports experience, you're watching football from the perspective of the quarterback or, I don't know, a movie experience where you've got volumetric video and you can like look at a scene or whatever, you can go to directly to like intel.com to get yeah. that experience. And so they tried to tell that story. Uh, but they also tried to tell like five other stories and they ended up kind of telling a confusing And you still kind of don't buy anything from Intel. Yeah. Right, like right. at the end of the day, you're watching football. You're like, Intel's great. Yeah, but like you haven't purchased anything. You're still just buying a football package. Yeah, yeah. By the way, check it. Out. By the way, watch that whole video. Go to Verge.com, go to our YouTube channel. Yeah, it's all there. Dieter spent a lot of time behind the scenes. You can watch the CEO of Intel photo bomb Dieter stuff. during this thing. Hey, I'm Dami. I'm a social media manager slash aspiring reporter. This is my first CES um, reporting on things that I've seen. So far, I saw two laundry folding robots, one of which was significantly cooler and more expensive than the other one because it uses artificial intelligence to analyze what it's exactly looking at. Oh, tomorrow I'm going to fight a ping pong robot, so I'm really looking forward to that. And then right after that, I'm going to fight a Scrabble playing robot, so I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and then I'm going to look for more robots I can physically fight. Hey, this is Danny Deal, reporter on 
all things DJ gear related and other weird audio products. So that is the type of thing that I was looking for at CES. And I thought there might be a few things, but not so many because sometimes the audio stuff gets relegated to other trade shows. But surprisingly, there were a few standout products that were really revolutionary and I thought could actually be very helpful for musicians. In particular, there was a MIDI ring that you would wear in conjunction while you're playing a keyboard that could actually add effects on the fly, such as vibrato or pitch bend or low-pass filters, and it connects with a DAW on your computer, such as Ableton or Logic, and can record all of that automation. And there was another piece of gear from Isotope, called the Spire Studio, and Isotope is really known more for their software. And this is the first piece of hardware that they've created. It's a little puck, and it's basically an all-in-one recording studio that you can put in your backpack with you and record multiple tracks of audio on the fly. It's got a microphone in the front, it's got a couple of jacks for headphones, a couple of dual jacks on the back for plugging in instruments or XLR cables, and it does a lot of things for you, like automatically checking your input levels to make sure that you're not too hot or clipping. So those were the types of things that I saw that really actually solved problems that musicians have in terms of doing what they want to do on the road, on the fly, or expanding the capabilities of the instruments that they already have. This episode of The Vergecast is also brought to you by ZipRecruiter. A fresh new year has begun, and if you're setting new goals for your business, it's extremely difficult to reach them without the right people on your team. And ZipRecruiter has transformed how you go about finding those people. ZipRecruiter posts your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter actively looks for the most qualified candidates and invites them to apply. They even review every application to identify the top candidates, so you never miss a great match. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you, it finds them. It's no wonder 80% of the employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. So find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes and industry to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, Vergecast listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Verge. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Verge. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Verge. TS yeah. is still going. Ton of news. Regardless of the power yep. and flooding situations. Um, yeah, and so we, we try and hit all the major categories, but I want to talk about something that, that didn't like make a huge splash. I want to talk a little bit about smartwatches. Yeah. Because um, there were a handful, and the most interesting ones were not Android Wear, because... <laughs> Nothing is interesting in Android Wear. Hey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but so there was this uh, Blocks modular smartwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, it was here at the show. They were on Kickstarter and they were delayed and blah, 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 blah. But it's a smartwatch running a pr- proprietary thing, but it was interesting because it's modular. Yeah. So the smartwatch itself is like 260 bucks, And then you can buy these little $35 blocks that like attach to the band, mm-hmm. like like in between the watch and the band, and it gives you, like, extra sensors or, yeah. like, a button to do a thing. Is modularity... Or, I mean, everyone's trying it. Or they're just like, well, it didn't work on phones. Yeah. Well, Moto's still watch. going for it. They've got a keyboard that... <laughs> it's true. There is a Moto Mod keyboard yeah, now. Yeah. If you're that person. I don't think modularity on watches is a thing. Yeah. Like, it's whatever. Um, but there are others... Like, so there's a Power Watch X 
It's a smartwatch that is powered by your body heat. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been out for a while. They made a new version, and this version is a full, proper hybrid smartwatch, yeah. which means that uh, it can get notifications and show some stuff. Oh, that's cool. And you never have to charge it, because as screen? long as you're warm-blooded. No. Okay, so the notifications are like, you yeah, it's, a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a screen, but it's like one of those weird low-power... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's also the uh, My Chrono, so they made a smaller version of their smartwatch that does have a screen, mm -hmm. and it's a screen underneath the physical dials, Yeah, which has sort of been everybody's dream, but I don't know, you're looking at it here, and you're like, man, I, I, if they could just do that, it'd be perfect, and then you look at it, you're like... Maybe I don't want that. Yeah, I don't want that at all. Actually, that seems not the right move. Yeah, but it's you know it's a, it's two hundred bucks. Uh, battery life should last about three days for the screen, about a month for just the hands. Uh, it's running a proprietary operating system, which I would get very angry about. But again, I repeat, not a fan of Android Wear the past few months. Yeah, um, and Android Wear. It's funny, just in like in the Vegas airport. Yeah. Uh, you know, Michael Kors is like the Kors Connect. Like they're doing the ads. It's like fashion stuff. Yeah. Like Kate Spade announced a watch at the yep. show. Yep. That's uh, it's three twenty five. If you get it with a metal bracelet, it's just straightforward Android wear. I don't think it looks that good personally. But it's interesting if you think about like the smartwatch OS is like the movement of a regular watch. Mm -hmm. All the fashion companies are like screw it, Android wear. We'll let Google take care of the platform. Yep. And we'll just continue to do what we do, which is right. like make pretty bands and cases. Yeah, the, the best looking one is this Skagen, 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 yeah. Skagen. Um, <laughs> it's 275. Oh, I think this, this looks pretty good. And this is, again, is straight Android wear. But it's like the Pebble Time Round. Remember Pebble? Yeah, except it's a full LCD. Don't. Hey, but it's actually no flat tire. <laughs> yeah. Skagen looks out doing Moto. Yeah, well, that's not. <laughs> uh, Moto's out of the game. Yeah, I know. So the but the most interesting watches to me are the full proper hybrid smartwatches. So yeah. that's what I wear. I've got a uh, Fossil Q hybrid, um, but uh, Misfit came out with a new hybrid Wait, what watch. Your, what is your Q? Oh, hybrid? here, uh, put it on this camera. Here, you can hit a button and it'll like the dial will turn and show my steps, or I can hit a button and the dial automatically turns around Whoa. to show the date. Those are um, physical dials? Yeah, they're physical dials. And then when I get a notification, I program each of the apps that I get notifications from to a different number. So nine is the calendar. So when a notification comes on my phone, I can glance at my watch. and be like, oh, it's a text message. I should look at it. Or, or you oh, just get slack. super confused care. and you're like, wait, it's not yeah. nine o'clock. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, it, it moves back. Yeah. Um, anyway, Misfit has one of these now. Yeah. Um, it is 150 bucks, so it's pretty cheap, and it uh, does measure your heart rate, which a lot of these That's little cool. hybrid watches don't. And the batteries on them usually last like a good... Anywhere from like a month to six months, oh, that's great. and you can just replace the battery. Um, the other like sleeper hit in the smartwatch world is Garmin. Lauren Good is going to be on later. She actually owned, went out and bought a Garmin smartwatch because yeah. they're actually pretty great. Uh, the new Garmin here is a six forty five, and it lets you store music. And it's um, <laughs> it's basically like an old school iPod because the way that it stores music is it you get five hundred songs. <laughs> Like that's it. Uh, and it works with iHeartRadio and Deezer. Of course. Womp, womp. Um, but it's, you know, it's relatively inexpensive for a smartwatch, and the battery life just goes on forever because yeah. it uses this uh, this particular kind of screen that looks kind of bad indoors, uh, mm -hmm. but you can see it just fine in the sunlight. Yeah. Um, so I think that uh, until something more interesting happens 
with Android Wear. And I think that more interesting thing is make better looking watches that are smaller. Yeah. Um, that all the action, at least for Android users, is looking at these other types of smartwatches um, and just get something that looks good to you and like you'll get a couple extra features with it, but don't try and go full, like don't try and compete with the Apple Watch right now if you've yeah. got an Android phone because you're really not going to get there. You know, the Garmin thing is interesting. Our science editor, Liz Lopato, yeah. um, has been you know screwing around with Apple Watch a little bit because of all their health and fitness claims. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she told me she didn't take it on a hiking trip because she looked at it and was like, this was made for indoor kids. And she took her Garmin watch, <laughs> yeah. which seemed a lot tougher, more resilient, had a longer battery life, yep. kind of a, yep. a long trip off the grid there. Yep. So, I mean, it's yeah. interesting. It's like we keep seeing them. They keep happening. Yeah. Uh, Sam, what do you... Th Sam. Sam. You're not Sam at all. Whoa. Oh, hey. You're not Sam. Hey, guys. Hey. It's Scott Rogowski from ASQ yeah. Trivia. Yeah. <laughs> On the, on the tweets right now. Yeah, I'm just uh, tweeting from Sam's account here. Uh, <laughs> where is the nearest strip club? Uh, Send. <laughs> yeah, you're in Vegas. Yeah. yeah it's, like, it's like... There's one, I think, down the hall. Yeah, uh, Scott, uh, what, what are you doing here, buddy? I am, uh, you know, I was uh, cruising around Southern Nevada. Yeah. And I heard about the CES thing. It was like, it was like Woodstock for tech people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thought I'd come by. No, it's um, I'm, I'm here. Super Deluxe brought me out to yeah. do some work for them and OMD. Okay. I'm um, doing a live stream from the floor each oh, day. Cool. Yeah. So are you doing? Are you doing? Are you hosting an H HQ? No, this is not HQ related. Oh, oh cool. Week. Yeah. Uh, so what are you seeing at CS? What are you liking? I'm seeing a lot of a lot of long lines for the men's room. Yeah. <laughs> which is uh, unusual. Yeah. Because I'm used to, you know, these ladies have the long lines, and here yeah, it's no. dude heavy. Yeah, yeah. Dude. we have a lot of women on our staff, and they point out, like, yeah. at least we get. It's to like equal that. opportunity now. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. But I'm um, seeing, um, you know, I'm like, uh, I saw a guy with a sword today that makes light up noises and sounds. Yeah, yeah. A lot of pointless things is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, I don't know how much of this stuff is actually useful. Yeah. But maybe I mean you're talking about the Garmin watches and everything, and I guess there are some applications. I mean these drones. Yeah, yeah, a lot of drones. Yeah, but so again, have you been in the convention hall? You've been looking at the yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been going around, but I just, I'm like, I'm not really a tech guy. Yeah, right. I'm not a consumer. I'm not a good consumer. So nothing's grabbing you. I don't out buy a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but like these drones, like what is, what is the purpose? I mean, I guess for cinematography, I get that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But why do we need so many drones? Yeah. I mean, if you've got like, if you if you got a house out in the middle of nowhere, yeah. flying a drone is just yeah. fun. Like, it's don't just a think fun of, don't think it's a, this is like people. One of the themes of technology for the past years is everybody's waiting for the next, you know, iPhone. Everyone's waiting for the next thing that's going to change our lives. Right. And it's like, that'll be a while. So in the meantime, just buy some toys. Well, you've got, you've got that. Way. You've got HQ, I think. Yeah. That's me <laughs> <laughs> uh, your time. But, uh, no, I saw, you know, I saw these sleep beds and everyone's perfecting sleep now and cardio, uh, doing this heart sensors, mm -hmm. biometrics. I mean, some of the scientific practice, you know, applications are interesting. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of just, you know, disposable income. Yeah. A lot of late capitalism on display here. <laughs> yeah, I think there's there is that hunt. It's like everyone's not looking for the next iPhone because they know they can't do it. But then there's also the like, well, what if we did? Yeah. yeah. And that thing is a bed that watches you, and it's like I don't want that. Yeah. Or a robot that you know follows you around and plays music. I mean, yeah. I thought my phone following me around with my earbuds. So is here, good enough. so to me, the the <laughs> enduring question of CES is why? What, what, why? Yeah, why? Yeah. But no, the the one it's the heart of every every year. What will make you buy a new TV? So when was the last time you bought a TV? I don't no, I don't, don't buy TVs. TV. I've never bought a TV. So nothing you saw at yeah. the show will make you buy a new TV. No, I mean, it's I just... Like they're they're also, thinner, they're higher resolution, they I don't know, light up brighter now. I mean, those, those, two, those new TVs are probably not new anymore, but the ones where a few years ago I started seeing them, the 4K, I guess, the high yeah. depth, where it looks yeah. like yeah. everyone's in a play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you, you, like, you got to turn that off. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. So you, by the way, you can turn you that see it off. Live on Circuit Breaker, 
Scott Rogowski hates motion smoothing. That's is that the, what that is? Motion smoothing. It's called yeah. motion smoothing. It's the worst. There's a whole movement of directors. Ryan Johnson, J.J. Abrams, uh, Sam Esmail. They're all tweeting that these manufacturers should just disable that by default. Yeah, yeah. it's bizarre. It's, yeah. it's, like, it's unsettling to watch that. So, no, I don't, I don't buy TVs. I have a three-CD stereo changer wow. that I, I listen to uh, yeah. going to bed at night and wake it up in the morning. And that's Are you going to recognize that on the floor? That's, people that, are like, freaking out. A lot. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. that is your life completely changed because of HQ? It has changed uh, in in the ways that yes, yeah, strangers want pictures with me where they didn't before. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, but beyond that, I mean, it's just it's nice. I got thirty percent discount on Pinkberry. Yeah. That's pretty good. The guys recognize me at Pinkberry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, can you give me an HQ discount? <laughs> and they had thirty percent friends yeah. and family. So. Have you ever won one of your own games? Do you play? I, I do play when I'm not hosting. And uh, did you play today? I, did, I couldn't play today. You know, it's, I was busy, oh. but. I played yesterday, and yeah, I don't get very far. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten about Q6, Q7, maybe 8, if extra life, get, get me to 8 or 9. But Sam got to 12 today, and the yeah. leader gave him the wrong answer. Well, I guess. I guess. Okay, so uh, the what very the first line of Conan the Barbarian quoted somebody. Right. Did it quote Marcus Aurelius, Genghis Khan, or Friedrich Nietzsche? Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Nietzsche. That's correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So everyone got this right except Dieter, <laughs> and Sam. <laughs> Sam lost today. I owe Sam forty bucks. And then he he raged quietly in the corner. For yeah. a while. <laughs> but is it about the money? I'm curious because as someone, I don't really get to use it. So is it about the money or is it the hunt of the chase of playing? What what appeals to HQ? Appeals to you oh, about it's, HQ? It's uh, it's it's the one of the the few live. Uh, communal experiences you can have on your phone on the internet right, right. now. Right, so it's that's, more about the community the and being on Twitter and talking to people after the game and during the game and Well, it's like, it's like it, well, and it being a game show is really smart. So, like, I, I, I'm old enough where I was like, when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was a thing. You'd be like, oh, we're going to go watch it, and, like, the rest of America will watch it with us, and we'll all be having this experience together. Right, right. Um, and the HQ has a tiny little, like, phone-sized yeah. version of that, and that's interesting to me. I think for a lot of people it's up the money. I'm not, I, I disagree <laughs> yeah. with you there. I, we actually have reporters who've written about it, and the... the the notion that there's free money available twice a day is like makes that game really interesting. Right? Yeah, that, it changes your dynamic with that shared social experience. Despite right. the odds being so difficult, you know, people play the lottery still for the chance to win millions of dollars. I mean, this you don't have to put it, there's no buy-in. Right. So it's just free money. You're right, free money, that dangling carrot. But uh, but I, I think Dieter is hitting on it because it's that it's that water cooler aspect that we yeah. sort, we sort of lost with all this DVR and you know, lazy media consumption. You have to be in it to win it. You got to tune in. Yeah. You got your phrases. Man. You got. I got it. I've been, I've been trained. I've been trained. Yeah. The media training is, yeah. has arrived for you. Yeah. Uh, Where's so, my doggy treat? I got a little. So you become like a star because of HQ. Are you? Have you, I? You trying to turn that? Yeah. I mean, you're like literally. Ashley Carmen is like, oh man, we got to get selfie with Scott. Like that's a flex on Instagram. So get ready. You're gonna leave here, and like 15 people are gonna take selfies with you. So are you trying to turn that into something else? Are you trying to are you trying to become a TV star? What's I your mean, move? I mean, I'm just look. I'm I'm happy where I am. This is truth. Truthfully, yeah. I've been doing comedy, you know, for professionally for about 10 years. Yeah. And there's a struggle. I mean, all all my friends, every other comedian I know, coming up with, you, you grind it out, you grind it out, and you hope something hits. For a lot of my friends, they stuck with the stand up. And they built that up and built that muscle and got onto Conan and got a half hour special and now doing hour specials and touring the country and headlining clubs. I sort of went a different direction and started doing my own talk shows and doing videos for YouTube and building up my hosting skills. And, then, and I, I always thought it would lead to a talk show. And then this game show came along and um, that's changing everything. But, you know, it, it just comes down to uh, I enjoy doing it. Yeah. I like, you know, the fact that I can now afford an apartment <laughs> <That's pretty good. laughs> in yeah. New York. And uh, and it's just a fun, it's a fun, and being the face of this thing that so many people enjoy. Yeah. Um, and and fomenting that sort of uh, that the community, and we're we're building 
relationships and, and friendships. People are tweeting about the fact that, oh, my kids never want to hang out with me, and now when that HQ theme music comes on, we're all getting in the room together. And like, yeah. It's really, and, and over Thanksgiving and Christmas, we saw that families coming together and playing HQ, schools stopping their class, teachers saying, okay, time for HQ, yeah. offices shutting down. <laughs> and, and The yeah. economy grinding to a halt. The hall. economy grinding Planes to a halt. falling from the sky. Productivity disappearing. But at the same time, you know, team building. How many, how many team building exercises are there? You go to yeah. some ropes course somewhere. That's yeah. not fun. Yeah. This is a cheaper and easier to get the whole community on board yeah. the, the office together. So. Well, i got to cancel this ropes course. Yeah, forget the ropes course. In Vegas. Uh, well, thank you very much for being here. What are you doing this week? You got anything I am, uh, I'm going to meet Mike watching? Piazza tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. I just got invited to that's meet amazing. Mike Piazza. He's in that's town. Good. And I'm a huge Mets fan, so that's a dream. And tonight, I think Rick Ross and Lauren Hill <laughs> are performing. I saw Macklemore last night. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to, you know. Yeah, you're getting the full CS experience. I'm getting, experience. I think so. Yeah. yeah. No so, were you there yet. when the power went out today? I was at the sand, so we yeah. were saved from that. Yeah. But it's, it just sounds like a way of Is it still out? What happened? It finally came back on. Oh, but they have to turn on all the computers and all the booths, so it's taking hours. Oh, my gosh. So power's yeah. back, and then they got to reboot all the booths. Someone yeah. might be uh, losing some money. There <laughs> 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 might be lawsuits. Yeah, it's going to be know. something. Yeah. All right, Scott, thank you hey, so much yeah, for stopping thanks. by. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Appreciate you. I appreciate the coverage. The Verge is loving us. Yeah, we're doing all right. Play HQ. Yeah, HQ. Download. If you haven't, if you haven't heard about it yet, it's in the Android Google Play Store now. Yeah. I, I. Are you an iPhone tunes, Android guy? iPhones? I don't even know how to say it. I have an iPhone. Yeah. yeah. Apple Store, iOS. You can get it. It's free. Type in HQ. It should pop right up. Yeah. Cool. Except no imitations because there are some now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, buddy. I'll Thanks, see you. guys. Well, that's great. That, that yeah. happened to us. Yeah. yeah. I hope Sam's okay. Probably. <laughs> He's probably going to be fine. Uh, we, that, was, that was most of our news. Do you want to say like, two things about cars? Yeah. It's a car show. There's so many cars here. Yeah. North Harl is actually where the power went out first. Yeah. So like, just imagine a car show that with no power. Right. Like People are probably stealing the cars. Uh, just an enormous amount of car news. And I think the, the main takeaway for you watching this show is like, yes, there's new head units and Mercedes has mm -hmm. a new voice mm -hmm. assistant called, uh, and this, I'm not making this up, Linguatronic. No. That's what Mercedes is naming no. its new voice assistant. Their new uh, interface in the car is MBUX with Linguatronic. Oh, my God. Someone should help them. Uh, <laughs> but you, you're seeing big platform plays from the car makers now. Yeah. So GM is doing self-driving taxis. Toyota has, like, basically rolling boxes with stores in them. Yeah. Uh, Ford is like, we're building an autonomous platform for cars. You're seeing them all trying to do... Pizza Hut? Pizza Hut is like gonna do. Is that a thing? Is that taxis? a real thing? Or is I think, that, uh, are they I think driving about, around with pizzas? Uh, I mean, they might be doing it as a stunt. The way to think about technology <laughs> and pizza companies is that pizza companies just want you to remember that you can order a pizza. Yeah. So People like, want pizza. So Domino. Well, every time there's push something. For pizza? Yeah, yeah. No, but every time there's uh, something. Yeah. Domino's is like, now you can order a Domino's with an Alexa. Now you can Get order it off your Xbox, whatever, right? right? Like, it, all they're trying to do is make you remember that Domino's exists. Yeah. Right, and maybe and you're gonna order a pizza because it's like fun to push the button and it's gimmicky. Right, but like I it's think all, it's mostly gimmicky though. It's all marketing for them. Yeah. It's easier to just go online or use the app or pick up the phone and just say, "Hey, I want this," instead of sending a throwing a frisbee and having a bird catch it. And that you know, there's a whole yeah. yeah. But if that Pizza Hut thing is not a concept, how do you guys know how to get Pizza Hut from that autonomous pizza vehicle? We can find out. We'll figure it out. That seems like a question that Verge is capable of yeah, asking. Yeah, we, <laughs> we should do it. Can we get a pizza from a robot? I feel like yes. we're organized we are well around that question. Yeah. Yeah.
Hey, it's Sean O'Kane. I'm a transportation reporter at The Verge. What I was looking for at CES this year was probably a couple different things, but the, the two biggest were all the different self-driving stuff that was going to be here, because there's there's a lot of different kinds of it. The most exciting thing I saw was probably the Volocopter, which is this wild octodecacopter, is I think the term for it, um, or at least that's what I tried to figure out myself, which was on stage at Intel's keynote, and, and they have the, the sort of even newer version at a little booth near our trailer here. And, and that thing's just, it's crazy. It's like the thing I wanna fly out of here the most, even though they're definitely not gonna let me. Hey, it's Tom. Um, I've been searching around CES for laptops, more laptops than I need to see in a month, let alone a year. I've been checking out, so HP did their Spectre X360, a 15 inch, Dell's done another 15 inch, the XPS 15. Uh, they've also refreshed their XPS 13. Um, and I've kind of been looking around at those and some stuff from Lenovo and Acer and trying to figure out what's, what's happening in 2018 um, with laptops and what's the best one from the show and all that sort of stuff. I'll say that we usually see spinning, crazy flipping laptops and crazy giant gaming rigs and all that sort of stuff. We haven't seen so many of those this year. But in terms of the stuff I have seen, I'd say the XPS 15 is probably the more impressive just because it's got um, a maglev keyboard, which in real terms basically means it has magnets underneath the keys. Um, so the keys are still physically there in, in place. And what this allows it to do is just a little bit clickier. Um, even if you've got the short travel of the keys. Um, it felt pretty good and we haven't really seen a lot of that from PC makers. Obviously Apple does quite a lot of cool stuff with the keyboards um, on their Mac line. And so it's interesting to see. Also inside that laptop, um, there's an Intel processor that's been combined with AMD's Vegas GPU, which is their mobile chip essentially. And that should be a little bit better for gaming than the than the sort of Intel stuff that we've seen before. And it's just an interesting combination of Intel and uh, AMD on, on, in the same laptop essentially and being all powered up by uh, Intel. Um, so I don't know, I feel like we'll probably see a lot more of that throughout 2018. Um, and it'd be interesting to see where that partnership goes. Um, it'd be really cool if we see some laptops that can play games that aren't like giant starting to see some of those come through but it'd be nice to see them come down to like the 14 inch or even the 13 inch reform factor would be pretty pretty good to see but apart from that Acer did a Swift 7 update so they're now the world's finished laptop again the keyboard and it's not very good though so we'll see what happens there but um, it's still kind of interesting to see them pushing everyone to go thinner and lighter and stuff that's always a good thing but I feel like we've got to the point where laptops are probably light enough anyway uh, obviously Razer did like their um, Razer phone dock stuff um, and the laptop is just a prototype um, so kind of like similar to the stuff that they did last year with their prototypes and that just basically you dock you dock a, a, la a phone into this like fake laptop uh, essentially um, and that, that powers it all up I don't think we're gonna see a phone that's gonna turn into a laptop anytime soon um, it's certainly not this year um, but CES is all a lot of it is about experimentation a lot of these products don't even come out half the time so it's still good to see I want to do a little tiny bit of news because we couldn't do it yesterday because Quiz Daddy blew up our whole show. <laughs> Quiz Daddy, yeah. I call him Quiz Daddy. I just that's that's like <laughs> no, but TVs. It's a, it's a TV show. We've already talked about a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, but Sony's got their new TVs. Fine. Uh, TCL's got the Roku Assistant. And last year, the TCL 4K TV was one of our favorite TVs of the year because it was like the best deal you could get. Yeah. They've iterated on that TV, and we expect that's still going to be a great deal. Yeah. So we're excited about that. But I think the most interesting TV news here actually didn't come from 
TV companies and isn't technically TV news. Okay. It's uh, Nvidia has been doing. They, they've you know you, you know G Sync with monitors. Yeah. Like they've made a 65 inch version of this. So if you don't know what G-Sync is, it's yeah. a variable refresh rate. Uh, the best analog, probably the most, the Razer phone has a variable mm -hmm. uh, refresh rate LCD on the phone, but probably most of you, uh, where you'd experience it is on the iPad Pro. Right. Apple has ProMotion, so the iPad Pro usually runs you know, 60 yep. frames a second. Yep. When you're doing, when you're using the pencil, it zooms up to 120 hertz refresh rate, right. which is way more responsive. So there's a bunch of technology that PC gamers have taken for granted that mm -hmm. allows them to do really great, get great picture. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're going to start to see that come to TVs. I love that. Nvidia's thing, by the way, is a big format gaming displays, BFGD. That's, yeah. There's, a, there's, That's a, there's an F there that maybe is. That's pretty good. Whatever. <laughs> um, but the coolest uh, uh, monitor technology that, that everyone was excited about, there were just a couple of mirrors that Asus made. And you put them in between your two monitors, mm -hmm. and it uh, it refracts the light just a little bit so that the the two bezels disappear. Whoa. And you know, it's like it's not there's no actual display there. It's just like refracting a little bit yeah. of light, but it makes a three display setup completely immersive. That's pretty cool. And you know, Samsung's got its panel, so we're starting to see yeah. different ways to plug all this stuff together. Yeah. Anyway, that was my quick TV. I want to just on the the variable the G Sync variable yeah, yeah. refresh rate stuff. Uh, if you're a big home theater nerd like me, uh, <laughs> Man, oh my god, you're out there. G-Sync is another light for you to have to try is and turn light. on your system. Uh, so that's like very, it's very important to me. But no, okay. there's a huge problem. So games are great. You want to zoom up the refresh rate for games, yep. drop that latency. Yep. Um, what do the kids say? PUBG? Frag more PUBG. <laughs> Frag more PUBG. That's not something that anyone's ever said before. Wow. wow. Cool. Whatever Sam says. <laughs> To himself. You are not that old. I'm, I'm just leaning into okay. it, man. Look at this baby face over here. All right. Wait, uh, I want to hear what you're going to say, though. So you, you, you want to zoom up that refresh rate. Yeah, but when yeah. you watch a movie, you, you actually want to crank that. it all the way down yeah. to 24. Because right. that's what it's When you shot watch YouTube, in. You, shot in you shoot in you 24, shoot in 24 yeah. which is more cinematic. Right. Mm -hmm. It's been really hard to do that. So another good example is when you plug the Apple TV in or whatever. Uh, Apple wants to run it at that highest refresh rate possible. Right, so right. There's tons of menu animations, Siri, all this stuff, but then they've got to compensate for it when they show the movie. Right. Variable refresh rate display, you don't see that blackout black when you switch modes. Right. It runs at 24, you hit the Siri button, it zooms up to 120. So you get this user interface pattern that's much better for everything in home theater. I've been waiting for this stuff to hit TVs forever. I'm yep. super excited to well, see wait, it. So you're, of, yeah. you're saying like the UI elements will be at 120 frames per second, right? And then like the actual film movie can stay at the 24 that No, they won't, it won't be the operating independence speeds. I'm okay. saying It'll be you're watching a movie, the, the, the TV UI. runs at 24. Yeah. yeah, you hit the Siri button, the TV will speed up to 120, because now that, you're, now you're trying to use- existed before, like on televisions? No. Nah. What about like the true motion stuff? It's either on or off with that? Yeah. So all, all that stuff has weird labels and weird marketing names, yeah. but like fundamentally what they're doing is they're saying, okay, we give in, you're gonna run this at 30 or 60 frames per second because that makes animations look smooth. Right. Now we're gonna do a pull down and find ways to duplicate frames so it looks like 24 frames So per bottom line. And it's like, um, that's a very complicated like, yeah. math puzzle. And now we're seeing it at CES. Right, yeah. We're, no, we're seeing so that's it, we're what seeing they've it been done Nvidia before. with the BFGD or whatever. Yeah. But I feel like that's a step towards maybe they're going to try and infiltrate TVs, and I hope that happens. Yeah. Got it. For me, the bottom line is there haven't been enough acronyms and weird terms <laughs> in TV, and now we're going to get some more, and that's really exciting. <laughs> I've never been more excited. <laughs>
I'm so down for this. Best of CBS. Best of CBS. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about best of CBS. Let's do it. Um, you want to start with the best TV? Well, the best TV. Yeah, we're just talking TVs. It yeah. has to be Samsung's The Wall. And homage to Pink Floyd. Um, yeah. I looked at it today. It's, okay, tell, tell us what you thought. So I, I went and looked at it. It's a... So, like, the thing about the walls is like yeah. modular bricks and you put well, them together and make Well, it's TV. that, and it's also micro-LED, which micro -LED. is potentially a very exciting technology because you get the benefits of OLED without many of its drawbacks. What are the drawbacks? <laughs> they burn in and they, like, yeah. fade and they do weird yeah, things. Yeah, they don't, Wait, what, what they do don't last it's, as long. It's modular. So, it's the way the wall is built is it's segments of micro-LED displays, and you click them together, and you make a TV of whatever size you want. Yeah. That's the promise of the wall. So you, so you can go as big or as small as you want. You can yeah. change the aspect ratio. They said their max was 120. 120. No, it's 146. 146. What size did you see it at? The biggest, 146. Is there, are there bezels or edges? That so you if you get real close to it, you can see, but you can't. At any normal distance, you're going to look at a 146-inch TV. You can't see it. TV looks great. Wow. It's beautiful. It's bright. It's yeah. big. I just think it's the best TV because it's the most innovative it is a repackaging of technology that's actually been around for a while, which is how they build stadium displays. Right. So they're consumerizing this like set of solved problems. Do I you just, not want a stadium display in your living room? I kind of do. Okay. I just like, I looked at it today and I was like, all right, like yeah. it's a cool display. Yeah. But would I rather have a 4K projector? Would I rather just have like a giant TV? It's like mm -hmm. they've got to explain to me why I want a custom size screen. Right. But it's cool as hell. Yeah. I think the Roly TV. We gave that a different award, but I think the Rolly TV is actually a much more interesting TV. Okay. Because it's like a much more complicated. Type well, okay, so we'll, we'll, let's jump in. But anyway, but we did, yeah. the staff voted, best TV is the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, best robot, Paul here. Best robot has to be the Ibo, the new mm -hmm. Sony Ibo. Have you seen this thing? Yeah. It is ridiculously cute. It's way more uh, articulated than the last mm -hmm. Ibo. Like things are like rolling instead of just like eh, 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 on yeah. a hinge. Um, it, it, like every part of the dog is touch sensitive. Mm -hmm. um, it is pretty mobile and can move around. It can pick up a bone. It looks very expressive. It has OLED eyes, so it can make more expressions with its eyes. Yeah. Um, it has its own charging pad, and it knows where it is, and it will just tootle itself over there and lay down on it. When it's Literally, time to go every to sleep person in the eye has fallen completely in love with yeah, this. Yeah, it's just, it is, what, they have what? done such a good job of making this Did thing you just adorable. Like, this is like Fragging joystick jockeys. Oh, PUBG. wow. This is, we, we saw this thing like a decade ago. I yeah. remember when I was 15 and you went to like those like on the bottom of an article, five mind-blowing robots, and it's like yeah. this dog that costs $8,000. Right, so they, they, they discontinued it. Right. Some, some people were so sad about them discontinuing it, they've held funerals for their robot dogs. They're bringing it back with all of the technology advances we've had in those past 10 years or so. How much is this thing? 500 bucks? I don't know. It's only available in Japan for now, but it understands English commands, and so we are very, very hopeful thing. it will come to the US. How are you not in love with this, Sam? It's got a camera on the top so it can like look around. See yeah. where it is. Are we are we going toward a point where we're gonna it's have robot pets now? Yeah. Yeah. The, this dog. <laughs> sure. This dog, if you interact with it more, it, it becomes imprinted on you and it wants to hang out with you more than the other people in the family. That's yeah. okay. Well, yeah. I can't believe you're skeptical about this. I, it's, it's just like why not just get a real dog? <laughs> because you have to a real a real dog has to do Yeah, you need to bring it to the bed, you need to feed it real food. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But do just you get it? when I when I was at the Sony booth last night with my dad in the corner there was just like 25 people with their phones up taking pictures and it was a robot dog. It's yeah. Cool. The okay. dream. All right. Literally if you, the dream. If you refuse to be excited about a robot dog, are you excited about a, um, a new Atrix? 
I don't know who Eli is. Ooh, okay, I, so I, like anyway. <laughs> I like the segue. I like the segue. Yes. I don't, I don't, yes. Uh, that segue made no sense. Uh, <laughs> he just, tried. None at all. Yeah, yeah, fine. Uh, this is my favorite category. Mm-hmm. Most or best CES. Best CES. Not best of CES. No, just no. Best CES. The most CES the thing. thing okay, that, that's what that means. The thing that encapsulates the show. The most, most ridiculous. Like when you think of CES, like weird, silly. quirky gadgets. Yeah. Just the most insane thing. You this can is what about. we have. This is what we have. Project Linda. It's from Razor. Yeah. Uh, concept though, right? It's a concept. It's not shipping, but it is an idea that's been around for a real long time. Which is, you have a smartphone. It's a big, powerful computer. What if you just make it a laptop? So that we, Dieter was saying, the Motorola Atrix years ago came out at CES. You I could that. you could stick it into a uh, what we a, called it the lap dock. Yes. You could stick it in that it a dock it, though, right? Like. On the screen, right? Where no, was, it, was it flipped up behind the screen. It was weird. Yeah. It, was, it was not a good product. But this one doesn't. The this, the, the Razer phone, becomes the trackpad of a laptop. Of that it's such a brilliant. Every time I look at my MacBook lap, like because they're huge now. It should be. Yes. It yeah. should be the phone, right? You should, should be able to like, eject. Yeah. And you can put information there. There's all kinds of stuff. So it's just a concept. It's called Project Linda. Mm-hmm. It is the most insane thing because at the end of the day, what you have acquired is an Android laptop. <laughs> So but, it's, it, it, does it have a brain, the computer, no, or it's the, just a keyboard and a phone. screen? And then you put the phone in, and then it boots Android, all, like it kind of just turns. It, yeah, it mirrors Android up on the screen. Okay. So you use all your Android So apps. there's no hardware in the laptop? Well, there's, there's no? Presumably some hardware in the okay. laptop to drive all the okay. keyboard and display and whatever. Okay. But, but it, it's, it doesn't it's, have its the, own independent processor. The brain is the phone. It's the phone. You get a battery. Okay. And then the phone screen becomes the, track. the trackpad. Brilliant. I'm telling you, this is like one of my dreams. You think we'll see this thing? Because remember last year, the tri-screen Razer laptop, and yeah. then Project Ariana, the whole yeah. kind of that, those are not. Razer, I think Razer wants to, hey, buddy. They love to concept things, yeah. proof of concept, win Verge Awards, and then eh, we'll yeah. see you next year well, with something hey, people else. Hey, love, people love yeah. the Razer phone. All right, this is your fave. What's this? This is our uh, best mobile accessory. This is the new DJI Osmo. Yeah. Um, it's, this is still a beta version that I'm using right now, so it's a little buggy, but it does all the stuff you expect an Osmo to do. I can like draw a box around Eli's head, and then I can track him automatically. So there he is, and then as we move around, it follows him. Whoa. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting about this thing is it's way cheaper. It's like yeah. 130 bucks, which no, is I'm buying one. super cheap. Less than they, half the um, price of the original. They switched it to an internal battery, mm-hmm. so you can just recharge it directly, which some people are annoyed by. It's fine. They put the mount on the bottom. But That's most smart. importantly to me, you'll see here, vertical. You can mount your phone either. Oh, it's still following you. It just yeah. loves you so much. You can mount your phone horizontal, horizontally or vertically. Um, which means if you want to get your Snapchat game on, if you yeah. want to, for me, it's Apple Clips because I'm an old nerd. Um, the one I'm the Apple only Clips one, user. I'm the one yeah, person. Literally. If you're the Apple Clips team, please reach out to Dieter. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only person with notes um, for you. But I mean, look, this is like, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And then oh, I can, uh, it's like I said, this is still beta. Um, so you have the old one. But it's right? super cheap. Yeah. Does it's it feel great. Weird? That feels a little bit cheaper. The material feels just like a little bit cheaper, yeah, and then true. they got rid of the trigger on the back. Yeah. I like that they moved the mount to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Does it still charge over three and a half millimeter? No, they, it's charged over a uh, micro. Micro. Yeah. Uh, but like, it, it got rid of the. They changed the power switch, so it's a standard like DJI double tap to turn it on and oh, off. Nice. Like all the drones. But yeah, I, I yeah. mean, the and price it folds is up really, really small here. So I think the price like here good. is the the whole story. Yeah. Uh, the, when the original Osmo came out, I bought it at the Apple Store for three hundred dollars. And I thought it was worth three hundred dollars, and now, the, like again, like I said, the material it feels way cheaper. A cheaper, I think. But I mean, for one hundred thirty bucks, for one hundred thirty yeah. bucks, yeah. yeah, yeah. You like if you 
If you if you vlog at all, uh, yeah. this is an easy buy. If you're an Instagram storyer, yeah, that's uh, probably for you. You vlog a little bit. Yeah, here and there, <laughs> on the tubes. Yeah, between your PUBG frag matches. Oh man. <laughs> uh, okay. Wow. So we already have so that. Well, we that is my best prototype. <laughs> The Eli Patel text is texting me, your frag matches. <laughs> I don't know what that Do you want to say anything else about the best prototype, the LG OLED TV that rolls up? I mean, this is, I, I was on the show floor today with a bunch of people, and I was like, this is fundamentally a show about display technologies. <laughs> yep. It makes sense. I should make that sense. Uh, it's this is a show about display technologies, yeah. ultimately. Mm -hmm. Where are we going to put them? What they're going to look like? What yep. shapes are going to be? Uh, and I think having rollable displays that can actually be products. Yep. You're gonna see them everywhere. It's like it's like the super high end. I mean, there's probably one in this room where the TV you, at the foot of your bed goes in and out, right? See, but that, that that convinces me. It's just up against the wall, it's dumb. But to have have it at the foot right, of your bed, right? It's like in your in the, cool. uh, of the, it's contained in that box. Yeah. And it's presume. I mean, no one's seen the inside, right? Does it actually roll up? No one's seen the mechanism. Yeah, we that. haven't seen it. Right. That's what we but presumably, see. it it rolls up. Right, and yeah. then yeah, I think that would be a really cool. Yeah, I don't think they're like David Copperfielding this, right? They're like, it's like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, no, I think it's actually doing what they say it's doing. Yeah, they've demoed that kind of technology before. Yeah. and then you can probably connect like your Xbox to it or yeah, your it's just a TV. Right. Yeah. So I I love this thing. All right, uh, Google Assistant has been everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it came out on a few new speakers that look interesting, but we haven't really tried them yet, so we don't really like. We've used them a bit, uh, but they're like pretty derivative of Alexa. So rather than giving them best in show, we have given Google Assistant most in show. Yeah, it's just it's, everywhere. It's just, it's just the most. It's here the most. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then lastly, th this was a big fight. Yeah. This was like a long, involved conversation. The what best, best in show. Yes, the best in show for The Verge. We gave it to the fingerprint sensor. Yeah, the Synaptics Clear ID fingerprint sensor. Yeah. Now here's why. Um, I think it's going to, it's it's real, it works, it works very well. It, it's in a shipping it's product, a shipping which almost product. nothing in CS We expect it's going to be what in many more shipping the products. Vivo. In the Vivo, yeah. Which, like... No, but, it, but it's going to be in the S9. They still made it. I mean, it's going to be there. Okay. Yeah, it'll be in the S9. It'll be in a million Android phones. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Um, and what's, it's, they solved the problem that no, like, nobody else has solved. Everyone's yeah. putting fingerprint sensors in the back or way up in the corner. Or they're inventing entirely brand new laser technologies to scan your face. They're like, Apple yeah. put so much work into Face ID. And, you know, it's worth it. That's where they're going. Mm -hmm. uh, but Synaptics, with the, the fingerprint sensor under the screen, solved that problem in a way that like everybody wanted everybody to solve that problem for the past five How years. How did they now do it and no one else did? Well, they had to wait for... Uh, well, it's their business. Yeah. The, Synaptics? They, yeah, Synaptics yeah. makes... They make touch pads. They make fingerprint sensors. And then they partnered they with... The, well, they they no, make it available. They are the component supplier for almost all of these products. Yeah. So they, why, why do they choose that phone first, do you think? Because uh, Vivo probably was like, yeah, screw it, we'll launch a phone. Vivo's the fourth largest phone manufacturer in the world. They're huge, and nobody knows oh, them. I didn't even they're, know they're, that. Yeah, they're, they're just, yeah. they don't have an America. But Vivo also makes it. Like, they're everywhere. It's just a little bit surprising. No, I if you're Samsung, that. you don't want to give the S9 away. Yeah. Right? Samsung's like if you're LG, you don't give you, you're, you're both are banking on the S9 having this every, built in? Every Android phone is going to have this thing. And so... S9's coming to ah. World Congress. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to announce it here because you don't announce phones here unless you're Vivo. <laughs> or <laughs> and, and then win awards. Yeah. Or, right. Or well, uh, right. There it is again. There it is. Uh, <laughs> but Synaptics does want to be here because half the business of CES isn't us going out to the show floor, you and me and, and nerds. It's, it's making deals, 
yeah. selling your components, yep. getting into retail, and so Synaptics had to be here. So if Vivo is willing to announce their phone so they can show off the fingerprint sensor at CES, of course they're gonna, they'll, they'll take whoever is willing to do it, and they took Vivo. And you don't see any markings on the screen or anything? It is no. a... No, I mean, they, they have a, there's like a graphical response, so you know where to push, and that right, works, but or whatever. there's no... No. A ring because or it requires o, it requires OLED because OLED you can see through because LED or LCD has to be backlit. I see. Right, I and see. so OLED doesn't because it's you know organically lit in from the pixel itself. We and are so they, really. I mean, yeah. that is very cool technology to yeah. really exist. Like, I think the, the yeah the components like seven millimeters thin if I yeah. remember correctly. I mean, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, there it That's is. It. But it was your argument. Like, what's the best in show? Like, is this a wild razor thing? And the answer yeah. is like it's the thing that's going to ship and change our lives. Yes. and it's already shipping. Yeah. Yep, and this I think this is going to be a really important. I don't think any, everyone else is going to race to face ID. I think they're going to go with this thing. Yep. I, I, I see think so. ID every day. I'm Vlad Savov, senior editor with The Verge. So I've come here to CES 2018 looking for the latest developments in headphone technology. Uh, a lot of it is actually a continuation of what has already been happening. It's a segment of the tech industry that is very much in flux at the moment. Uh, there's been a big switch toward wireless headphones, especially in-ears. Uh, there's this phenomenon called the neck buds, uh, which are essentially wireless headphones with a connecting cable and sometimes even a plastic column, which I find atrocious and horrible. Uh, they've kind of made a resurgence this, this year at CES, but in general Qualcomm has also introduced a new true wireless chip, which is making uh, making it easier to make true wireless earbuds without any connections. So that is really the big thing that every tech company seems to be pushing when it comes to consumer level audio, portable audio especially. Uh, one thing that is almost entirely missing nowadays is a pair of over-ear wired headphones. Everybody seems to be doing wireless. Uh, noise cancelling is another big feature. It does seem to be the case that features rather than just pure audio quality are the thing that the companies are pushing hardest. One of the highlights on the audio file front actually is Sennheiser. They just introduced the HD820, uh, which is a closed back version of their flagship headphone, the HD800S. It's the exact same audio driver, it's just in closed back, which means that you don't need a dedicated listening room for it. Uh, it makes the audio file habit a bit more social, although it doesn't make it any more affordable because they cost $2,400. So it's an interesting development, but maybe only of academic or enthusiast interest. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. I'm Paul Miller with The Verge, and I found a robot that can go to the kitchen, go open the fridge, get a can of Diet Coke or adult beverage, and bring it to you. Oh, oh, hey. <laughs> and, then, and then he dabs. He dabs on, on the robot haters who thought this day could never come. So my buddy Aeolus, has other functionality other than fridge beer delivery. Uh, you can actually attach a vacuum cleaner. Um, it can sweep. It can move chairs around so it gets the chairs away and then it sweeps. Uh, it's supposed to be able to find your glasses. We'll see how well that works. So what's important to know is that this will not be cheap, but they're trying to make it kind of affordable. It's gonna ship by the end of this year. And they're saying a, a roughly equivalent to a family of four on vacation overseas. So whatever you think that means, uh, so like maybe less than $20,000. In the labs, like 
universities build robots that have some of these functionalities and it's like $300,000. So it's really cool if they can get this into the home for, for under the cost of your home. That'd be nice. I'm obviously pretty excited. I've seen a lot of robots. I've seen a lot of robots at this show, but none of them do anything other than like vacuum or just like look cute. Uh, so I'm, well, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for this to happen. Okay, everybody, oh, this is the end of our show. Thank you, Ashley, Lauren, Sam. Bring it in, fam. Come on in. Oh. Like and subscribe, but our channel, not Sam's. Uh, <laughs> I'll bring it back. Thank you, everybody, for watching our show here at CES. It's been a wild four days. So many people have watched the show. It is actually, the numbers are kind of astounding. It's been really fun to make. Thank you to this crew. It's been super fun. We're going to go back to where we live. We're going to keep doing this show. It's going to be really... <laughs> we do now, Sam. I have terrible news. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for watching. CES is over. There's still yet some more coverage on the site that's trickling out. Go on our YouTube channel, watch all the videos, read all the stories, and we will see you on Circuit Breaker Live soon. You want to talk about CES? Let's talk about CES. Every year, the most important people from tech and media and science and art come together in Vegas to talk about the future. What our world is going to look like next year, five years from now, and a hundred years from tomorrow. And let's be honest, a lot of this stuff never comes true. CES is all about dreams and hype, not about reality. But you know what? That's great. Because you can complain about being in Vegas, you can complain about noise and crowds, but you can't complain about hundreds of thousands of people all gathered together for a week to try and build the future. A future where cars and phones and TVs and even refrigerators are getting smarter and smarter every day. Why the hell do we need a smart fridge? Who knows? But it's amazing to think about the possibilities. That's why we come to CES. Not to complain about the lack of prices and ship dates, to see the biggest ideas on the biggest stage in tech, and maybe, just maybe, catch a little glimpse of the future.